I think the other thing that we've learned is that you've got to be brave, you know, to have the, the courage of your own conviction to go ahead with some of these campaigns. It's easier not to do them. It's easier to play safe and to back away from challenges. But if you have, um, you have that courage and you're able to go through with what you believe is, is the right thing to do for the business and, and for the team, um, then the results will follow. first ever episode of our new podcast from Fight or Flight. Uh, we're calling it Gloves Off um, because we want to do exactly that. We want to uh, show you behind the curtain of some of our best creative campaigns that we've done as an agency. Um, we all know it's not easy uh, getting to great creative. Uh, if it was, we'd all be doing it every day. Um, so actually for us, this is a podcast that is about looking at you know the good, the bad, and the sometimes ugly of, of getting to great creative and getting to the end product from concept all the way through to launch. Um, and we can't do that without our clients. Uh, they are absolutely 100% uh, part of the journey with us. And I'm super proud today that we have the client that has been on this journey with us the longest, uh, the one that we've won most awards with, the one that we have just done a TV advert for, um, and the one that, uh, you know, backed, was part of, built, uh, teamed with us uh, to build the campaign we're talking about today, which is Fifty Shades of Ginger. So if you don't know it already, the client we're talking about is Roland DG. I'm delighted to have in the room with me today, uh, Stephen Davis, EMEA uh, CMO uh, for Roland DG. And uh, to my right, I have the brilliant Lauren Swinnerton, who is uh, head of comms and brand uh, across EMEA as well. And we couldn't do this without the, the fight or flight team. So I've got two of those in the room as well with me. So we've got Lauren Pay McLeod, who is the creative and strategy brain behind this. And then the brilliant Sophia Taylor, uh, who absolutely is our campaign manager extraordinaire. Uh, right, should we get into this? I'm definitely coming to you first, Steve. Um, you know, with any campaign, we need a starting point uh, and we need a client to come to us with a brief. So what was the challenge you set, fight or flight? Uh, quite simply, it was to create some standout. Um, we wanted to connect our products to our customers' own business objectives. And also, earlier in the year, we had launched a new range of products, our Truviz portfolio, um, where colour capability and colour matching is absolutely key uh, to making those product sales a success. Now, particularly, one of the problems that we face within the industry uh, as a whole is the reproduction of difficult-to-match colours, including reds and oranges, um, is, is something that we, we have to grapple with. And what better way to set a challenge around being you know, masters of colour? Um, that, was, that was really what the brief was all about. So, Loz, fight or flight. Um, Steve comes to us. We have our brief. Show Roland DG as masters of colour. Uh, sorry, that's my northerness. Masters of colour. Um, where do we even start? The, the campaign was, was beautifully simple. We were going to print 50 Shades of Ginger, the first ever kind of colour index that really gave gingers the, the actual words that they could reach to, to to say that this is my particular shade. So we looked to celebrities like the Sheeran. We named colours for the pumpkin and the natural world, you know, to, to bring to life all of these different shades into a, a lookbook that was our primary kind of core asset. But we, you know, we also did all that consumer research to really bring to life the stories of 
people who are gingers and their feelings about that word and you know how they want to express themselves um and then kind of added all these other elements to the campaign to really bring it to life in terms of yeah events and a huge amount of other kind of things we've got uh, you know the essence of the idea and you start to pull together the campaign but we want to make sure that people are talking about this we want media and particularly consumer media to get on board and actually take interest in a b2b brand uh, which isn't something you see every day that's not that easy so what was our approach and you know what's the magic formula to success I think with all of the ideas that, that we bring to clients and the campaigns that we're proudest of, there's always that inherent tension. There's that that piece of the campaign that has that that edge to it that, exactly as you're saying, brings that um, talkability, inserts you into the culture. And when we'd landed on this idea of a ginger colour index, we had a really long discussion as a, as a group, you know, collectively, client side and agency side, about you know, that word is, is quite divisive. Do you um, embrace ginger as a term when it's you know been used in you know uh, as kind of schoolyard bullying culture and things like that as well but actually it was so lovely for us to we really decided to, to lean into that word and to that tensions so that then we could bring that light and that wonderful kind of celebratory um, kind of uh, sparkle to the campaign and actually you know the the beautiful thing about you know getting these shades together and actually seeing that huge range and then when we actually you know brought the campaign to life seeing the response you know from you know, ginger people in our teams who when we first you know were talking about this as a project we're working on they were really excited about it and wanted to get the the lookbook and that early early glance to see you know where, where they their shade was and then when we took it out into the world and saw that reaction you know actually playing on that tension was the thing that, that gave the campaign that, that talkability and it was lovely to see people react like that um, and so yeah definitely leaning into to that word and that tension was as, was at the heart of it but then it's, it's the classic PR playbook, right? You know, why talk about this now? There's so much going on in the world, you know, not even just in terms of just the news agenda, but, you know, even in the world of brands, right? You know, if you're um, kind of your average B2B buyer, how many messages are you being kind of absolutely bombarded with every day from not just, you know, other B2B brands, customers, prospects, but also, you know, you're a consumer as well, right? With all these other brands trying to get your attention. So, you know, to, to really just anchor the moment, we, we picked World Redhead Day for our initial kickoff. Such a national, <laughs> such a natural moment, right? To just, you know, start talking about, about about this campaign. And, you know, it's a really consumer day. You know, you don't see B2B brands really jumping on it. I think this year, Wendy's, weren't they? They were doing a big campaign in the US and we were seeing, you know, our stuff happening alongside Wendy's going, you know, taking over Twitter, which was just so, so fun. So yeah, that is, I think, the, the two key things really, you know, having a story that really resonated emotionally, picking the right moment when people were going to be talking about it anyway. And yeah, um, a wonderful kind of uh, way to kick it off. Yeah, printing brand takes on one of the biggest fast food companies in America. Why not? What a great what a great competition. So, I mean, what we could have done with this is we could have gone super simple, right? We could have just turned this into a lookbook because that is a perfect way in which to show you know, the printing capabilities. But I think we all know that that's not how it works in this world of comms. And actually, the more touch points that we can reach, uh, the more success we have, uh, more chance of success that we have. So, Sophia, we, we, we threw that to you and gave you the challenge of, you know, please turn Fifty Shades into an integrated campaign. Um, where did we even begin and where did we get to? It was a, you know, it had a really strong um, media story at heart, which was obviously bolstered by this consumer research that we that we conducted. And from that research, we got so much insight that also enabled, you know, enabled us to, to sort of shape various different stories for different editors that worked really, really well for that particular launch moment on World Redhead Day. 
Um, but obviously we had the, the printed lookbook, which not only served as like an amazing visual asset for the campaign, but also the best TV prop we could have ever asked for, for um, our GMB uh, appearance. So the lovely Ben Shepherd not only had it in his hand the whole time, but very much um, had, you know, all pages on show and even kept a copy for himself at his request, which was a pretty epic um, achievement from this particular campaign. But not only that, we obviously took it to the uh, World Redhead Days Festival, which is in the Netherlands at the uh, in, in August. I mean, that in itself was just a incredible experience to take, you know, a, a B2B brand into something that was incredibly, incredibly consumer with real, really, really passionate redheads wanting to find their own shade of red. Um, we could not have imagined the, the response that we got on the days when we were there. I mean, we had people queuing for hours upon hours upon hours to have their hair matched with our 50 shades it was just incredible so yeah I think that you know integration is certainly um, what excites me about every campaign but this campaign in particular was was pretty beautiful in that in that aspect and so unusual for a b2b brand to look at it that way I think you know if you look at all the parts of the jigsaw you've got yes you did hear us right we did get Roland on GMB, you know, primetime morning television. Uh, we had an influencer that we had on board. I think it's just, it's, it's testament to the whole team's ability and the stretchiness of the idea that we were able to produce all of these different assets that, that work for us. So I think what's always fun is, you know, with any creative campaign, and we've all worked on lots of them through our lives, there's always a moment in the middle where you kind of go, whoa, <laughs> what are we doing? This is, this is kind of bonkers, and you suddenly have this realisation. Um, what were those moments for you, um, Sophia and Lauren? <laughs> Honestly, I'm so excited by the whole thing. Um, <laughs> actually, I think being at the festival really drew on all of the emotions of the whole team. You know, we spent three, four days together all day, every day, pulling together this campaign to make it happen. You know, at one point, I think Sophia, Gemma and I were bent over beanbags trying to stuff polystyrene balls into fabric bags. The wind is coming in, the rain's coming in. We're stood in the middle of this field wondering what on earth we're being paid to do. Um, aside from that, you know, I think there was one moment where we were literally dragging a wide format printer through a field in the middle of Tilburg. Thick Mars wondering how on earth we were going to get this machine up and running, ready to go live with the festival the following day. I think how many people can tell that story? These are the moments we live for in PR. This is what we live for. Um, Steve, so I think we all know the campaign went pretty well and, you know, we had all of these bits of the jigsaw and we were feeling really confident. But for you, you know, how did you even go about persuading a B2B business like Roland that you know, taking on a consumer style campaign is the right way to go. And, you know, and a smart use of budget, right? It's like, it's, it's a little bit of a risk there. And, you know, how do you convince them that this is still a B2B campaign? I mean, I think the, you know, the internal selling had to have a tangible benefit. Um, and that was something we were very keen to ensure that we had planned out. We knew what sort of targets we were looking to achieve, both in terms of coverage, um, but in terms of coverage but also the business benefit and we saw some impact in terms of the sales activity and a massive increase in interest in would you believe it the color orange which was part of the obviously the campaign objectives not only that but i think the uh, important thing for me was being able to demonstrate to the business that we had to do something that punches above its weight uh, we're not the biggest organisation within within our category. We don't have the biggest budgets compared with some of our competitors. So 
how do you take that um, challenge and do something differently to achieve your objective? Yeah, and, and and so much of that comes from kind of testing and learning, right? So what what impact did the campaign dress release have in terms of giving the rest of the business confidence that a campaign like Fifty Shades of, of Ginger would then work? I think the dress release was, you know, an amazing creative idea and it, it captured the imagination of uh, the business in terms of employees, in terms of some of our technical experts um, and how we brought that to life uh, with, you know, something that was tangible. And so you could actually see what we were doing and then we sold it in as a PR idea and got the coverage. So that in itself was a very good way of kind of testing the water within the business and to see what the appetite was to do more creative activity. That's great. Um, Sophia and Lauren, my dream team sitting to the side of me. This is a question for, for both of you. <laughs> that was a high five, everybody. Um, this is all sounding too easy at the moment. Like, all went well, we got all the results, we saw impact, excellent. But actually, you know, it's not that simple, right? Pulling these campaigns together. It takes a lot of hard work. And actually, was there a moment in the middle of all of this where you really had to fight for this campaign, either internally for you, Lauren, at Roland, to convince people it was the right thing to do? And um, for Sophia, I guess, you know, we always try and keep a purity of idea, right? So were there a, was there a time when we had to fight to make sure that this was keeping going in the direction we wanted it to go in? So, Lauren, I don't know if you want to tackle that first. Yes, I mean, ultimately, we always have a challenge on our hand, right, when we're talking to our internal teams. But I think where we involved our dealer, so we used a local dealer um, in the Netherlands, DMIX, brought them on board initially to sell in the idea. They were fantastic um, and really helped us bring this idea to life. Just that alone really made a huge difference to the rest of the internal teams and dealer networks because, you know, they weren't involved day to day. But ultimately, we run these campaigns not just for local dealers and customers. We're running it on behalf of the brand. Trying to find the right influencer for this that would be not only authentic, but, you know, credible um, and, and work for, for Roland. I think, you know, finding an influencer or a celebrity partner for any brand is tricky, but it's even trickier when it's a B2B brand and your messages are slightly more complex. We ended up working with Jenny Ryan, who was just absolutely incredible. She made sure that when she appeared on GMB, you know, Roland was absolutely the star of the show. And this was a sort of, you know, seven to eight minute full segment dedicated to this particular campaign. It was just incredible. And I always say, you know, it really was a sort of money can't buy, uh, you know, piece of coverage that we got there. But I think what was interesting with Jenny is that we made her part of the campaign. So she wasn't just, we're going to pay you this and please do X, Y, Z. She was involved in the planning process. So she inputted into our lookbook. Um, we created a bespoke shade exactly after Jenny again, which she had full input into. And she was really keen to work with us collaboratively on this. It wasn't a case of, you know, as I say, we pay you this and, and you do this. It was, it was a collaborative way of working and she was incredible. Amazing. Um, I think what's always difficult to do because we all work at you know, the pace of knots and we're, we're moving on to the next thing already. We often forget to kind of stop and look back and like look back at, ca at campaigns in retrospect and kind of go, okay, what, what have we learned from this that we can take forward? So I guess this is a question to each of you and I might start on this side. So Steve, um, what's the, the one thing that you think you learned from this campaign that we'll take forward as an as a agency client group in future? So the biggest learning for me is that you know creativity creativity doesn't just start and stop with one campaign 
um, and we're only as good as our last campaign. So how do we move forward to 2024 and beyond uh, and create new exciting campaigns that can deliver the types of results that we saw from this campaign? Um, as I mentioned before, not only did we get a, a significant uplift in terms of uh, interest in our hardware and our products, but also the ink sales that came along with it, um, but obviously the coverage that we managed to achieve across um, broadcast as well as uh, all of the social media coverage that we got. And we saw a staggering 196% uplift in organic search volume as a direct result of doing the campaign. So that heightened awareness of Roland really paid off in terms of the number of people that were visiting our website looking for product solutions. Um, so lots, lots learnt, uh, more to come. Amazing. Uh, Lars? Um, I think for me, it's the power of uh, power of partnership, really. Like, I mean, uh, yeah, there are four of us in this room, but, you know, there are how many got, a, I mean, you know, at least eight of us, you know, the fight or flight side, you know, we had, you know, our strategy and creative team, the, the, the client team, you know, setting in the story kind of on the day and throughout. We had, you know, our social and digital experts. And then we worked with the brilliant um, team at Orca, who were Roden's um, design partners, who were just amazing collaborators when we said, we want to do this lookbook. And just, they got so stuck in. And we had so much fun on those meetings going, through and you know looking at what where did we want to take inspiration from and like you know how did we want it to look and feel and when we got that book you know in uh, in the office you know everyone crowding around and just feeling so excited by it and then working with broadcast you know our broadcast specialists here at fight or flight and seeing all of that come together the strength of the relationships and the partnerships being able to you know have those conversations so effectively when you reach those bumps in the road um it's really, yeah, really important. And I think that's where we've, we've kind of taken so many lessons and you're seeing kind of just how we're all creatively as well working so well going into, you know, we're filming this now in kind of in November, going into 2024 planning and working together as like multiple agencies and you know, multiple partners. And you know, we're all so excited about what we're going to do next year. And we've got the kind of blueprint together of how to, how to work so effectively. I think so, the yeah, other thing me, that we've learned is that. that you've got to be brave, you know, to have the, the courage of your own conviction to go ahead with some of these campaigns, it's easier not to do them. It's easier to play safe and to back away from challenges. But if you have um, you have that courage and you're able to go through with what you believe is is the right thing to do for the business and and for the team, um, then the results will follow. I think it's interesting when you you use the word brave, um, Steve, because I think we've been really lucky to work with you on campaigns that I think lots of B2B businesses would consider brave. You know, what do you think it is about Roland, about, you know, your your marketing team that, you know, has that desire and want to do things differently? We're really focused on finding new ways of doing things. Um, and we operate as a challenger brand. Um, as I mentioned before, you know, we're not the biggest. Uh, we actually provide uh, pride ourselves on being uh, the best rather than the biggest it's one of our company slogans and um, that resonates I think in everything that we try to do so again it's how do we punch above our weight versus our larger competitors um, and also what can we as a marketing team borrow from say the B2C uh, category and bring into B2B and there's a few of us have got a fair bit of experience in that B2C environment um, where we can bring in that level of creativity and again a bit of courage uh, to really make a difference. So 
because you you have all this wisdom, Steve, that you are sharing with us. I think, you know, if if I am a a, a comms director or a marketing director sat in a B two B business right now, and I'm thinking this sounds great, <laughs> but I don't even know where to get started. And like, you know, what's your advice to those businesses who who want to start doing work differently? One of my observations about moving from B two C to B two B is very much that some things are perhaps skipped in in terms of planning and research and, and genuine customer insight. Um, and you hear a lot within the B2B world that, you know, we know our customers inside out and so we don't really need to do any further research or, or insight generation. That's absolutely not the case. You've really got to uh, do the homework and that then gives you the, uh, the kind of artillery to go away and think about creative solutions that you can then bring into the business um, and make it successful. So we're all sat in this room talking about Fifty Shades of Ginger um, because, yes, we're, it was effective and great uh, for the brand, but also we have a real affinity uh, for it. So I'm really interested to know, you know, what is everybody's favourite part of the campaign? Uh, Lauren? Uh, I think my favourite thing is that we are not afraid to take risks. We weren't afraid to try new things and Fifty Shades really did that. For me, working on it from the start with, with you guys and everybody in the team, we got to roll out World Redhead Day starting in May and then to see that event come to life with that true execution stood in a field in the middle of Tilburg <laughs> was what made it super special. Awesome. What about you, Sophie? We left no stone unturned from a you know content perspective or an amplification perspective. We had TV, online, print, social, digital, a festival activation. Just you know, it was incredible, and I think it really broke the mold in terms of how we should you know approach B two B briefs and making sure that you know we we throw out the whole we need a press release and we need the social plan etc. Yes, we need those, but we need to think wider and we need to think about all of the channels that we can use to to stretch the campaign as, as much as possible and I hate the saying but we sweated the assets as much as physically possible with this campaign and I think that's what what made it so strong classic PR bingo terms in there Sophia thank you <sighs> uh, Steve what about you what was your favorite part best part of the campaign do you know what I think the the greatest thing is that we didn't follow a template you know this was not prescribed activity um, obviously it started with an idea started with a a creative idea and, and how we'd ex execute that and how we would, would activate it. Um, but it certainly wasn't formulaic in any way. Um, and, you know, we were delighted to just see it keep on growing. Who knew that we would have had a TV appearance as a result of uh, kicking off this campaign to begin with? Um, so it was the sum of the parts, really. You know, it just it, it gave us more than we anticipated. And that's why it was uh, it was such a good uh, piece of work to, to get involved in. I just loved how simple it was and how rooted it was in just truths that you just instantly, you know, you got, you know, this printer prints amazing, you know, range and shades of, of reds and oranges. And we know that, you know, ginger is one catch-all term for, a, you know, a huge, huge number of colours that represent the, the red-headed community who are a really proud community of their hair as well. So, you know, those two truths, the, the product and the cultural, you know, even though, as Sophia said, you know, the, the building blocks of the campaign, there was so much that we did with it and in, in many ways, the execution was was so packed but it was all just rooting right back down again into those two simple truths that we kept coming back to which was yeah lovely and it, it, all campaigns that are, are good and memorable right are just rooted in that really simple message 
Um, so we're all sat in this room as the kind of agency client um, partners. Um, how important is that relationship when it comes to the success of the campaign? We couldn't have done it without that relationship. The agency versus client is super crucial to running this campaign. You know, we see that partnership as an extension of what we do. We are one team and that's how we've delivered such great results. And you and Sophia spent some precious time together in the Netherlands. Always. We wouldn't be without each other. <laughs> <laughs> uh, that seems like a, a good place to round this up. Um, I just want to say thank you to the Roland guys, to, uh, to Steve and to Lauren uh, for sharing this today. And, you know, we take forward everything that we talked about today. You know, this is about partnership. This is about bravery. This is about pushing creativity. Uh, and we look forward to continuing doing that with you in 2024.